0: So this is uh, case 62 from the Shoryo Roku. Jing Zhao's enlightenment or not? The introduction. Bodhidharma's highest truth, Emperor Wu's confusion. Kirti's teachings of non-duality, Manjushri's verbal access. Is there anyone who has the ability to enter inactivity? The main case. Jing Zhao sent a monk to ask Yangshan, do people these days need enlightenment or not? Yangshan said, "It's not that there's no enlightenment, but what can be done about what can be done about falling into the secondary." The monk went back and reported this to Jingzhao. Jingzhao deeply agreed with it. The verse: the secondary, distinguishing enlightenment, breaking up delusion. Quickly, you should free your hands and relinquish net and traps. Accomplishment, before it's exhausted, becomes an extra thumb. Wisdom can hardly know, like you cannot bite your own navel. The full moon, icy disk, weeps in the autumn blue. The birds are cold in the jade tree. The dawn breeze is chill. Brought forth, great young distinguishes real and false. Completely without flaw, the white jade is esteemed. So today 2,500 years ago about December 8th Siddhartha Gautama experienced great enlightenment and this single experience of completely dropping away and waking up to pure naked reality has become the birth of our tradition of what we practice. On Kensho, or enlightenment, is, is the hallmark of the Zen tradition. But enlightenment is just a word. Realization is just a word. And words can either free us or trap us. And when we hear the word enlightenment, In most cases the attention tends to go to a static and conceptual connotation of it. What we feel about it, what we think about it, what we may think we know based on what we read or even based on our own experiences. And very quickly it becomes a place of dwelling. And a place of dwelling can be made of what I think I know about it, or thinking I know nothing about it. Thinking I'm there, or thinking I'm not worthy of being there, thinking I'm lost. I will never understand what it means. Whatever it is the thought is saying, that very quickly can become a dwelling place. But in, in reality, what, is, what enlightenment is, is actually dynamic by nature. Or what it refers to is dynamic by nature. And it means it's inseparable. Inseparable from before and after. Inseparable from what was before what we call enlightenment happened and from what happened afterwards, or what will happen afterwards. In the case of the Buddha, his great awakening experience preceded by a wide spectrum of experiences throughout his life, and many lifetimes before that. And it was moving in that direction. And then this And this single-minded determination that he brought to his practice, all of it led to that experience. This single-minded determination to deeply examine the human condition, deeply look into it, and break through the cycle of samsara. Or just to walk with the question, what is this? What is this? What is that? And his great awakening succeeded by living as an embodiment of what he realized. And of course laying out the path of what we practice today. So the question for us is are we practicing in this way? Or do we create a mental static idea of what the enlightenment is, or what the practice is, what we think it may be, or where we think we are we go with it as we practice, what we may think we will find at a later time. If it is a mental construct, then enlightenment becomes the greatest hindrance for the experience of enlightenment. And when enlightenment becomes a fixed idea, it gives rise to a fixed idea, a fixed notion of delusion. In other words, it gives rise to a gap and that's how dualities are born they are born out of an idea and they are essentially an idea, all dualities we, we say we have to merge, the practice is a practice of merging which is true, but in reality it's impossible. So, do people these days need enlightenment or not? It's a very important question that we, we have to bring up. But we have to be very careful in the way we handle it. Watch out not to get trapped by yes or no. Because if we say yes then fundamental truth becomes something that can be gotten or lost. And on the other hand if we say no then we deny the Buddha's life subsequent teachings his realization. In either way <coughs> you'll fall into the second. You say yes, you fall into the secondary. You say no, you fall into the secondary. You avoid the question, you fall into the secondary. So how do we look at it? Zha Zhu once asked his teacher, Nan Kwan, what is the way? Nan Quan said, the order of mind is the way. Zha Zhu asked, should I direct myself towards it or not? Nanquan said, "If you try to turn towards it, you go against it." Mijanju asked, "If I do not try to turn towards it, how can I know that this is the way?" Nanquan answered, "The way does not belong to knowing or not knowing. Knowing is delusion. Not knowing is blank consciousness." So to clarify the question of enlightenment, or the way, we must look at the state of our own practice. How are we practicing? What is it that we are expecting? How are we looking at it? Sometimes we are asked to express something in Dokusan. We say, I don't know how to express it. Well, how do we know we don't know how to express it? How can we be so sure that we don't know how to express it? Is it possible that we think that because of the way we think about it? Is it possible that we think we don't know because of the way we are trying to know? Because we look at it from a fixed position, refusing to let go of that fixedness and looking for something outside of that or looking elsewhere. We have to look at, we have to examine the level of our own determination, right? Of course, in relation to the Buddha's life, the Buddha's lifetime of practice, before and after his realization. The level of his determination. He did his work, we have to do our work. He did his work, he experienced realization. And he embodied it. So we can do the same. Not so we can rely on the fact that he did it. So what? What are we doing? What about the authenticity of our own expressions? What about the gaps we create? So commenting on... The Buddha's realization, Kaisan's, and she said, so studying from all angles, penetrating in all ways, you should clarify the Buddha's enlightenment and your own enlightenment. You, us, each one. When he said, I want you all to see the story of the Buddha's enlightenment closely and be able to explain it, letting the explanation flow from your own heart." Not borrowing from the words of another. Not borrowing from the words of another. In other words, we have to become an embodiment of before, during and after. A continuous embodiment. And it's never less than. It's always full. It's always complete. As, as the Buddha said, it's good in the beginning, it's good in the middle, it's good at the end. The recognition of completeness does not make you complete, it sheds light on inherent completeness. Totally different. It means that each one of us has to cultivate unwavering determination to awaken within this body while facing and working with all the ingredients of our lives. Right now, today. And today means with the way karma manifests in our lives now. Were encouraging to, to look at the story of Shakyamuni, right? Before he became the Buddha. To look at that unwavering determination as he sat down before this great realization. He said, Though my skin, my nerves and my bones shall waste away and my lifeblood go dry, I will not leave this seat until i have attained the highest wisdom the supreme enlightenment that leads to everlasting contentment he didn't sit until jikido hit the bell he said with that determination of i am not going to get up until i realize And this is not just when we sit, obviously. It's to have that determination every morning to wake up with that. That's how I'm going to live my life today. So the way I encounter situations will be met by that determination. Determination to awaken to who we are. As to put it in the tip of your nose so you never lose sight of it. And Kezan said, he meditated on his breathing in and breathing out. It was the eve of the full moon. During the first part of the night many evil thoughts described as being like evil god Mara with his army crept into his mind. Thoughts of desire craving, fear, and attachments arose. Yet, Shakyamudi did not allow these thoughts to disturb his concentration. Sounds familiar, right? That's exactly what we are here to do. We keep bringing the attention back. We watch arising and vanishing thoughts. They try. They come and try to destabilize you. To take you somewhere else. To look for an ally in you. Believe me, I know what I'm talking about. You got to write this email. Show him who you are. Or whatever it is going on in our heads. That's how it shows up. Show who what we have to ask. Let it. That's the example. And at some point, as the story goes, Mara realized, Mara is us, Mara realized that he's unable to disturb Shakyamuni, and so he said, so what if you have, or you come to this great realization, Big deal. You're here by yourself. You're gonna get nothing out. Nobody's here to approve of it. Nobody even knows you're here. You're all alone under a tree. Most people think you're dead. And of course that's the famous moment which Buddha touched the ground and said, This ground is my weakness. I don't need anybody outside of that because everybody is included. Because I am that ground. Approval from who? This ground is my witness. And then when the morning star appeared, he was fully awakened and uttered these words. Wonder of wonders. I... All beings, the great earth, are the wisdom and virtue of the awakened ones to dustness. Because we're upside down, we don't see that. I, all being, the great earth, at the same time, awaken. How is it possible, right? Yeah, maybe we understand one person awakening. Was that? How can we say that when one person awakens, the entire world, universe, awakens with that person? How can we say that looking around, seeing a lot of illusions? the important thing we have to realize or recognize is how how we create the sense of stuckness and how we believe it to be true. This morning I read the four levels of uh, Janna the four Janna levels of the Buddha's experience that night and at the end He said, this was my first successful breaking forth like a chick breaking out of its shell. And in the Dhammapada, in the commentary, Eknath Eswaran writes, this last quiet phrase is deadly. Our everyday life, the Buddha is suggesting, is lived within an eggshell. We have no more idea of what life is really like than a chicken has before it hatches. Excitement and depression, fortune and misfortune, pleasure and pain are storms in a tiny private shell-bound realm which we take to be the whole existence. Yet we can break out of this shell and enter a new world. For a moment, the Buddha draws aside the curtain of space and time and tells us what it's like to see into another dimension. It's like the In the Vimalakirti Sutra, when the Buddha touched the ground with his big toe and the veil was removed. In the golden age of Zen, John C.H. Wu writes, We all have a living fountain of true wisdom within us, but our hearts run after external things and our minds are busy weaving hair-splitting distinctions and rigid concepts to serve as a cocoon for our little egos. Consequently, our inner fountain of wisdom is stopped up. We do not awaken to this fundamental mind, we're apt to create a mind over and above the mind, a head on the head, as we say, seek Buddha outside ourselves, and remain attached to forms and practices in the cultivation of spiritual life. All these erroneous ways which do not lead to supreme enlightenment. If we want to get to the fundamental mind within us, we must first rid ourselves of the clever conceits of our petty minds or at least set no store for them. For they only distract us from the living source of true wisdom. They only distract us from the living source of true wisdom. It is through mindlessness that we can return to the mind. One more quote I want to bring up in connection to that. The Awakening of Faith. As Bagosha said, original original enlightenment is intrinsic, but non-enlightenment is accidental. The latter is an unactualized state of the same original enlightenment. That is to say, a person is originally enlightened or saved, but suffers because he does not realize and continues on blindly groping for salvation elsewhere. And these three quotes emphasize two important aspects in terms of practice and spiritual seeking. First one, wisdom is inherent in everyone. We cannot arrive at achieve it or accumulate it over time. as in the Buddha's statement after his deep experience of alignment, wonder of wonders, I, all beings, the great earth, and the, sorry, the great earth are the wisdom and virtue of the awakened ones to death. It is already so. That would be the primary. And then the second one, because we don't realize inherent wisdom or completeness, we either live within the cocoon of our made-up self, and act in deluded ways that cause harm. Or we may recognize that there is such a thing as original self, but we seek it elsewhere. And that would be the secondary. The primary is what is, the secondary has to do with how we meet what is. So, as practitioners, It means we don't have to go seek for enlightenment elsewhere or wish to become anything other than this. But rather examine the ways we cover it. In other words, look deeply into the many ways we desecrate that which is essentially pure and untarnished. And this is what Yangshan refers to when he says, it's not that there's no enlightenment, of course. But what could be done about falling into the second there? And that's where the practice is at. So today, after spending three months working with hindrances, I wanted to examine, I want us all to examine the authenticity and seamlessness of our practice in relation to how we meet challenge. How do we view what we consider to be a hindrance in our lives, to our practice? Do you feel hindered and want to reject some aspects of your life? Or do you feel equanimous, all inclusive? Logan said, flowers fall even though we love them, weeds grow even though we dislike them. How do we feel about that? It's very easy to cut one to two, or thousand. It's a lot more difficult to cut a thousand into one. How do we do that? How do you cut two into one? What can be done about falling into the second? There's a poem that reads, It's easy enough to be pleasant when life flows like a song. But the person worthwhile is the person who can smile when everything goes dead wrong. How do you feel about that? So let's examine it together, see where it goes.
1: Shou-san-shi. What is it that you practice?
0: What would you like me to practice?
2: It's not about what I like or don't like.
0: It's all about you. Who's me? Life itself. I practice you. So you tell me. What do you need? And I'll tell you what I practice. Do you know what I practice?
1: How do I know it?
0: You take me out of the equation. What do you need today, right now? You sit down. What can I do for you? Is there anything else to practice? Unlike
1: yourself. How is the way to put two to
0: one? That's the question you need to answer. How do you cut two to one? That's one way. Your go well. So we don't have to go by order. You can just get up, go to the shiki, bow, and show up.
3: Joe, san
4: Hey
0: What's happening?
3: <sighs> so I came up here because it scared me I did?
0: Why are we scared of being authentic? Might not like what we see. Do we have a choice? You say we might not like what we see, right? Okay, that's the assumption there's one way to know. Right? So how do you feel now that you found the courage in you to get up and sit down here? (laughs) (laughs) Good. You summed it up. May your life go well. Thank you very much. Make,
5: make sure when you come up to bow that your knees are on. Okay.
0: Let's keep it moving. Oh, I'm going to send Daibo with uh, Pyosaku. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hindrances.
6: <laughs> I want to talk about hindrances. Let's talk about hindrances. <laughs> Alright, yeah, some hindrances are hindrances that we cause sometimes in ourselves, and sometimes there's hindrances that are outside other people cause hindrances in our lives. Those are the ones I'm having more of a challenge with. And the ones that other people bring into my existence,
1: rather than the ones I cause. The ones I cause I take responsibility for,
6: but the ones that other people cause sometimes are the ones that I have a little bit of a difficulty working with and dealing with.
7: Mm
6: -hmm. Um, Because um, those are the ones that I feel sometimes are more difficult to work through and work with and please Mm -hmm. others um How to work with hindrances caused by others in their life
0: Well maybe maybe another question. Others are doing what others are doing, right? Yes okay. Who is hindered?
6: Well if the choices they make up affect my life, I'm hindered.
0: How are you?
7: Yeah, sometimes I am. Mm-hmm.
0: What's the difference between being hindered and not being hindered? Let me ask you another question. How is it, and I think we all know, how is it that some days we feel hindered by something and then other days we feel completely free of that same thing that yesterday we may have felt hindered by? What makes the difference?
6: The state of mind at the moment.
0: Okay. Then where's the work?
6: Changing the state of mind at the moment.
0: Being like water. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we chanted. Hakuin Song of Zaza, right? Melt the ice, become like water. The state of rigidity, the unwillingness. To move, to flow, to let go, to open up the hand, the grasps.
6: Sure. Yes. We always kind of somehow come back to the elements, right? <laughs> what, else, what else is there?
0: You can never leave.
6: Mm. Yes, thank you.
0: That's yes. the good news.
6: Yes, thank
0: you. May your yes. life well. go Thank you for much. Go, go, go. One at <laughs> a time. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we do jiwa and shoka. <laughs>
5: San, she. Where is the gap?
0: There is no gap, yet there is a gap. How can I see it? I don't know. Do you feel it? How does it feel like?
5: There's another, and I'm supposed to become one, but if I'm unique, then how am I separate from that?
0: Say again, if I'm unique?
5: Then how am I separate from the other?
0: By being unique. How am I separate from another? You're not. forget what I'm saying. The question is what do you experience? You experience gaps, right? We can work on no gap, but we experience life as if it is chopped up. We sit here, we say, you know, things are one, we return to oneness, but it's not really often what we experience, is it? Right? It's, we experience often a struggle, uh, stagnation rather than flow, right? And what happens to stagnation when, it's, when we go through that and we don't put against it or side by side an idea of flow?
6: To the stagnation? Yeah. If, I, don't, I
0: don't If it's allowed to be, if we experience what we experience, and we allow it. Yeah.
5: If we allow it, then even if it seems like stagnation, then it
6: eventually flows.
0: Right. Even stagnation is flowing, although it feels stagnant. And that's the challenge. The challenge is to not make a hindrance out of a hindrance. Or make someone who is hindered by the hindrance. Or raise a question. Right? What happens before the question? There's no question. Does that work? No. May I let go on.
4: You
7: Show, son, sweet, she. Beautiful, the dwelling is pristine. Stormy, the dwelling is unrec- unrecognizable. Mara and Indra battle. How does Shokan grab Bofill?
0: Grab, you said? Or embrace Bofill? How can you not? Their might is very, very strong. Yeah.
7: On both sides. Indeed. And it's the internal tug of war. Indeed. So there's storm and there's pristine.
0: How do you embrace them both? I love both of them. How do you view, how do you see? From where do you observe? the storm and the calm. From the sea. Okay. From that place. When storm comes, what happens? Hang on tight. It gets stormy. When it calm when calm comes, then what? Let go. You write it, you write it, right?
7: So when there's a pull, is there division? Pull
0: in that internal one, two. So you are describing a state, right? A state of being. In that state of being, what happens? before you think about it, before you analyze it, before you ask about it, what happens? It has no barrier. It has no other. The chaos has no calm. The calm has no chaos. It's fine as is. So there's nothing else. doesn't feel good all the time, but it's fine as is. <laughs> But there's nothing outside. There's nothing outside. There is no outside and inside. There's nothing outside because there is no outside. The Shakyamune
7: when, or did not wait, the Shakyamune finally come to that point where everything merged all together
0: we have to forget Shakyamuni and focus on shoka. Same thing. Alright, so let's talk about shoka. Okay. Right? <laughs> it's a lot more important. Okay, so for shoka. How does it work? For shokan, does it become more and more merged as an experience? Do you argue? With the experiences. They flow through. Say again? They flow through. Flow. They do, do you? Do you flow? Do you move with it? As you would do in Aikido, on the map, right? You would move through. There is no it's not the same, right? You know, every class is different. Every experience is different. Every partner you practice with is different. But what do you do? You don't finish class and analyze the hell of it. Right? That's the way class happened. That's how we unfold it unfolded. Fine? Let's see what happens next class. Let's see what happens today second by second. Let's see what happens. Be willing to to move with it, to flow with it, to accept it, to embrace it fully without knowing, without expecting, without judging. There's no problem. The problems arise when we start to analyze, judge, compare, break it down, chop it up. Excellent. Yes. Thank you for your answer. You're welcome.
8: So, I noticed that my hindrances, or the moment where my hindrances bother, are when I remember, when I think about it, and that you were talking about a trigger that, and It's like um, I've been saying for, like the first time I said this was when I was 16 years old. And I keep saying that in my head that I remember, I mean, I should be depressed because I have these problems. Um, What I noticed though is that they all stem from some fear. So what is the utmost?
0: What is fear?
8: What is the utmost fear? What I'm fearing?
0: The utmost fear. Yeah. Fear itself.
8: Fear. Fear. Ha. Because when that's when it's, that's where it's coming from. It's have the fear of some future where these hindrances is a problem without the fear there is no I mean it doesn't matter what's going on um, but I'm not I cannot pinpoint exactly what I'm fearing. sometimes I think I'm fearing money problems sometimes I feel like I'm fearing I don't know, family issues I don't even know what I'm fearing so is trust what you need to overcome fear, or how do you get rid of that fear?
0: I don't know if getting rid is getting rid of uh, is, right. is really the right way to, to look at it. How
8: you accept it without without making it powerful?
0: Maybe bringing some not knowing into that. I don't know. Why? You said, I don't know why.
5: Mm -hmm.
0: Can that be okay? Do you have to know?
8: That's a great question for me.
0: And what happens when I'm okay with not knowing why? Let's put it this way. What does it leave me with in terms of practice when my attention doesn't go to why and it remains with uh, experience itself? And it goes to how. And it remains with experience so it doesn't go forward either. It doesn't go back or forward. Right? So it's not, I am fearing this or that. I'm afraid that this will happen. I don't know what will happen. I'm afraid because I don't know. But it's not an option. Yeah, it's,
8: um, it's the forbearance that is typically not in the parameter state. Um, when you're lacking that, you're lacking the forbearance understanding, then you, know, you don't accept. And then you don't accept the fear because you believe the fear needs to be addressed sometimes it does
7: yes
0: when Goodbye. Right. that's how when does it need to be addressed
8: it's bye.
0: yes we're afraid of something that well, often we're afraid of something that might happen not so much of what is happening because we can deal with what's happening in most cases we, we pretty much know what to do now We don't know what's going to happen out of what we do and we don't know whether we're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. And we're afraid that we will do the wrong thing but that comes out of an assumption that we know that certain steps will lead to something to lead lead to this and other steps will lead to that. But we don't know.
8: Yeah, we're in the assumption that we should always do not wrong when we don't even know what wrong is in many
0: cases we create a mess we have to take responsibility and clean it up we can't avoid always avoid making messes and it's not wrong to make a mess it's not wrong to make mistakes right Mm -hmm. it's when it comes down to really being authentic we got it made. It doesn't matter. You're authentic. You're true to the best of your ability right now. What else matters? Hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, but we raise the question, about it matters. So are we afraid to be authentic? I think sometimes we are. That's the question. Yeah. So that's what we have to work with. Right? This is it. Just like that. Take it or leave it, this is it. <laughs> All right, but you have to feel this way before you express it that way. All right, left left. Thank you for your answer.
7: San Shi. So, ever since my sushi hosting ceremony, I've tried to live my life um, more authentically and appropriately to the situations. And what it's done is cre- it's created space for me. It's, it's created an openness where before I would have a preconceived notion about a situation and if it didn't go the way that I expected it to go, then there would be all kinds of emotions and problems and consternation. But now, um, I try to look at the situation, feel the energy that's coming to me, and try to respond to that energy um, as authentically as I can and as appropriately as I can. But the question that I have is, appropriately is not always easy to discern. Uh, because we don't know, we don't have all the information, so, you know, sometimes there's a lot of collateral damage <laughs> that happens, you know, like you just said, you know, messes you do you have to clean up. Um, how do you how, how do you, do you discern appropriateness in situations when it's very difficult
0: to see? How do you do it when you, are, when you practice Taekwondo? Well,
7: you, uh, you improvise, right? You improvise. Something comes at you and you know because of your practice and your embodied knowledge of the techniques mm-hmm. you kind of react. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it works and sometimes you get hit. Yes. So, um, But that's very um, simple compared to the complexities of interpersonal relationships and things where you know appropriateness um, may require you to do something you don't necessarily really want to do mm-hmm. but it's appropriate to the situation or maybe not doing something that someone wants you to do and that's appropriate too mm-hmm. so um, and that's what I'm struggling with um, just in everyday life but what, what it has done by asking these questions is it's created um, openness been mm-hmm. space, and space mm-hmm. to actually try and you know enter the situation and and try to do you know what's appropriate because what's authentic is I think a little easier because it just comes right you just you are who you are and you do things you know and and, it's, e- it's easy to do authentic things that are very inappropriate. Um, so, it's, it's trying to connect those two. Um, and then, bringing it back to this, this idea of enlightenment, um, it seems that this continual practice of trying to be as authentic and as appropriate as you can possibly be um, is, the way that I'm seeing it right now, is the path for me. It's, it's the way for me. Um, you know, if you asked me a year ago, I would have said, "You know I'm halfway through the Blue Cliff record and then I got another year, and then I'm done with that, and then I'll move on to the next one. And, right. but it's not about that for me anymore. You know the, the just spending three months on one koan, on, um, you know I thought it was going to be such a grind, and it, you know it wasn't at all. Mm. You know it's, And
0: uh, it's just more open now. So appropriateness, right? That's a it's, a it's a big question, right? Because you ask 20 people, you get 20 answers, right? So everybody has different standards, right? Different ideas, thoughts, opinions. So and that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about being politically correct, right? No. Obviously, no. We're talking about uh, being authentic and being appropriate and being uh, being willing to change with changes, being malleable, adaptable, buoy, right? So you can float and move around and not get stuck and not create anything. And that's the question, right? How can you be appropriate to that? To that side or to that aspect of you, to the larger aspect of you as you deal with day-by-day mundane challenges? Right, right, worldly challenges, right? So we look at worldly challenges. How can I meet worldly challenges from a place of not knowing, from a place of not knowing who I am? Right. Also from a place of not needing to protect myself. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's very important because that opens it up.
7: Yeah. And and where where does where does the where does the guide rod come from? You know, because you have the information that's out there, and you're dealing with all that, and then you have the authentic inside that is moving you in a certain direction. So
0: kind of merging
7: those two.
0: Assume you know, the shape. Assume again and again assume the shape according to the need. What is the need? So we talk about of course raising the attention, the awareness, not getting caught up in thoughts, right? Or emotions, mm-hmm. not creating anything. Not allowing the energy to be taken by the thoughts. So then you devote as much Energy as possible to bearing witness to the situation. Right. You listen with your whole body. Your whole body becomes an ear. If your whole body becomes an ear, you do the best you can to listen. It doesn't mean you're, there are no guarantees. Right. And we don't need guarantees because this this is good because it's already already complete. We don't need guarantees for anything. Right. Right. It's just this is this is good as is. It's good in the beginning, the middle, and the end. So why are we worried about it? Why are we worried about being uh, appropriate?
7: Well, you know, I think y- you want you want to flow. Like I want to flow. I want I want my actions to fit. Right. I want my actions to you know, not cause harm, I want my actions to be beneficial, you know,
0: um, of course, so that, that, that's why. Right, but worrying about it makes us less moving, right, more stagnant, right. Right. right, right. Because again, it steals some of the energy, and the energy is needed. Look around, see what you need to do, see what other people may need, right. And again, you don't know for sure anything. Neither do I. So, <laughs> so we're right. good. But of course, it's lifetime practice of because we don't know. It's a lifetime practice. Right. Just leave it at that. Right. Because right. we don't know what's next, we have to pay attention, and we have to watch for the way we desecrate what is pure. Right. How by going along with thoughts, with emotions, with by believing what the mind produces. Yeah. doesn't mean reject it, just don't believe it. Right. Right. Not let
7: it, it drive you to action necessarily. Yes. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. All right. Thank you for your answer.
9: Um, I'm not sure how this is gonna come out because I got a lot of answers from everybody's questions but um, I started my angle with one hindrance and I'm leaving with so many that I can't even see the gap between one and another Um, and I guess it's, it's okay it's good because I talked to you previously and you said the path who said the path is clear and, and clean it can also be muddy and I encounter a quote and it said obstacles are the path and it did click inside of me yet I I feel I'm leaving this angle exhausted and I'm still fighting against I don't like it <laughs> I don't want it and it's that I didn't really work on any hindrance but I was able to see how strong my resistance is and I'm a little intimidated by that just because I try to fake it until I make it, being like, okay, this is it. (laughs) Learn to love it, and then it may, the perception may go away, but it's very strong. And I feel like I don't recognize myself, like I'm, I'm lost in it, and a part of me feels like, that's it, get exhausted. Because only until you get exhausted, you actually Gonna embrace something, just be like, that's it, stop fighting it. Yet, I still want to fight it because I don't like it. I, this is not the way it's supposed to be, and that part of me it's very strong, and it's so strong that I'm here telling you this. But what you're gonna say. <laughs> It makes sense, but, it, but when I, you, I try to practice, it doesn't make sense. You know, like, become the water, embody it, embrace it. <laughs> but when it gets to the point of this is it, embody, embrace it, become water, all the things that we talk about, mm. I'm like, how?
0: You know, you talk about strength, strong, you say it's so, so strong, right? You can use that strength in different ways. I see that strength in you, but you allow that strength to be used by habits. What if you reclaim that strength and use it otherwise?
9: How? <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. I'm getting to this. It brings us to how.
0: <laughs> it does. We talk about abandoning abandoning what is unwholesome. How do we abandon what is unwholesome? You, you talk about what is unwholesome, right? In you, right? Obviously. Mm-hmm. How do we abandon? What does it mean to abandon something? Don't pay attention to it, not well, no chance. Well, don't pay attention to it, but you are acknowledging it. You're yes. not, you're not uh, pretending. That it's not. Right the analogy of abandoning or abandoned house. Right? What is an abandoned house? There's, 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 nobody,
6: lives
0: nobody lives there. Nobody
7: lives there.
0: Exactly. Nobody lives there. Now, we're not talking about taking a sledgehammer and trying to break the house down. That's going to be a waste of energy. Yes. Right? All it's suggesting is don't reside there. But
2: there's
9: guilt.
0: Don't reside in that.
9: There's a lot of guilt. There is
0: a lot of guilt. Don't reside in that. Don't create anything. Okay. Anyone. Don't create you out of guilt, for example. There is guilt. I don't know who's guilty. Nobody's guilty, but there is guilt. Is that possible? There is. But no one's guilty. I like that. Right? So you, you you want to acknowledge and you want to abandon. You acknowledge everything. You bear witness to everything. But you don't have to do anything about it. You don't have to waste your energy on that. Trying to fight it, as you know, makes it stronger. Right? But when you don't try to fight it, it's just hanging there. And it may be there for the rest of your life. It may. That's not the bad news, though. (laughs) 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 What? How? (laughs) Because it loses its power over you when you don't feed it with anything. It's okay, like this. Look. It's here. Is that a problem? Maybe. If I attribute certain things to that, it may be an issue. If I don't want it here, it's a problem. But if i'm okay with it being here how is this a problem it only becomes a problem when i don't want it right stay let it be let it be exactly as it is and put your and decide to put your energy elsewhere to nurture what is wholesome rather than to worry about what is unwholesome there is a lot of strength in you, and I say it again to leave you with that. You just have to hone that energy. You have to reclaim that energy. Take it. Use it for practice. Thank you for your asking.
4: I've come up with a lot of questions sitting here, and I wasn't able to decide on one to actually ask you because I find the answers just by thinking about it. But I have a few that I'm curious if—I'm sure you'll probably have different answers even though I feel like I know them. Um, is Zazen, the only way to enlightenment?
0: You think there's a way to enlightenment?
4: Is there a path?
0: You know, uh, Tikh Nathan said, There's no way to peace, peace is the way. What does that mean? for you what do you understand from that? continuing yeah but beyond that what does it mean now in terms of peace let's just put aside the word nightmare let's look at peace there's no way to peace peace is the way
4: I, I want to say contentment but I don't think that's it So what is it? All I can think of is what it is not.
0: There's no way to peace, peace is the way. There's no way to arrive at it, but there's a way to practice it. Now, so if I sit Zazen and I think I'm going to arrive somewhere or become something, I'm not sitting Zazen. I think this is a means to an end that will arrive later. So if I have some reassurances that this is the path, well, I'll I'm willing to do it. But what if it's saying from the beginning, you're gonna get nothing out of it.
4: Then why, why say this is the way to uh, the the ways to dissolve desires and all these different things that we practice. Say again. So why, what? What you say? Why, if this is the you said it's the way, and we just peace is the way, and it's not to reach an end. It sounded to me as if the end was to avoid all these different desires and to avoid um no it's basically saying you want peace
0: practice peace it's simple you're complicated it. it's simple you want peace practice peace you want peace stop fighting okay now today stop arguing with yourself maybe. done all right you want me to stamp you
1: <laughs> <laughs> No. <Perfect.
0: laughs>
4: Thank you for your answer. We are left over.
0: Time is running out.
10: son Chi. When we start the angle well, uh, was the, the subject of hindrances. At the time, I, right away I said, well, how can I get rid of hindrances? They come all the time. Just do it. So every time I have a hindrance, I sometimes if you want to cut the gap, you say just do it and you do it. Um, the other day I was from TV, I saw Somebody was talking, and it came to think the thing the guy was talking about accept your life. That's another thing which opens up everything. And if you think that way every time you have, you think you have an issue, there's no issue, it is um, all. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a continuous, you're never to the top of the mountain. Tamara, Amara, 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 we're going to come all the time with you, yeah. and you just have to, to be aware and accept,
0: uh, you know, not get caught by the store. So does it work? Are you not getting caught? Of course I get caught.
10: <laughs> but, I, you know, you, I, I, I'm catching myself a lot of times.
0: But what are you getting caught by?
3: oh
10: you don't want to do something you have to do something what well, do i have to do this maybe i can do it tomorrow of course sometimes could tomorrow comes and it's like oh yeah sure i'll do that
0: so how does getting caught begin
10: uh, it's just an idea of in the mind which says i know
0: this is not going to be good one or, thought yeah one thought exactly right one thought this is Dogen's. I don't know if you remember, right? You know, Dogen went to China <coughs> to find out why is it that you know if we are Buddha. Why do we have to practice? Why do we have to do anything? Right? Because we are Buddha from the beginning, as we chant. Right. We are perfect and complete. And then he said, "But one thought, and heaven and earth are set infinitely apart."
10: So that's why we sit, because every time you sit, I think you mentioned you sharpen your fork, sharp you come out in one word, and it gets dull, and you go back again.
0: Yeah. That's all it is. What, one thought, because one thought brings another, and another, and another, another, and we are completely lost. We're not lost, it's just that the attention goes elsewhere. And we start creating something. And we start creating questions. And then we, have, we feel that we have to answer them
10: also found out a lot of times that when you talk about hindrances uh, you go to aikido you go to yoga you come out it's like it disappear so if you have any worries or something they're not there when you come out
0: so it shows you that Uh, that that it's moving it shows you that nothing is fixed right so what's your next step in terms of practice Just how do you go deeper
10: There's nothing deeper, or there's nothing shallower. It's just you do it and you accept. We try to be like you say yes, yeah, saying like be like water, uh, and you have to catch yourself.
0: So how do you do, do, do that? How are you go, how are you planning to do that going forward? Tomorrow. Just accept my life. And when you don't accept it, I will still accept. My life. You have to well we have to that's true but when when we have issues with stuff when we have uh, fears whether it's pain or mortality or big issues that we don't know how to meet and it happens to all of us then what
10: but you you have a premise that There is something, and we will not accept that.
0: We will. will How do you meet it? How will you meet it? That's the question. Yes. Okay. Here, let's go.
5: So, I have a lot of tendencies. Um, I think what I run into most is the sensitivity. I'm sure other people have experiences of this as well, but feeling very closely what other people feel and the emotion that it engenders, um, it can be very excruciating. Um, and I felt it all my life with different people. Yeah. And um, just raw and very vulnerable. And feeling that, being afraid to feel that. Um, I was told not to feel that a lot. Um, you're too sensitive, get over it, get it down your life, you know. In, in a way, is okay, you know. In a way, you know, there are certain emotions that I, put to the, I should put to the side, maybe, or acknowledge and live with, and not express them. That sensitivity also is what I feel what makes people comfortable with me, in a way. Because they know, because I know what they're feeling. But then there's that, it feels like, I don't know if I'm explaining it the right way, but it's like a dichotomy. You know, it's, do I feel this and express it, or is it wrong to, um, is it wrong to be sensitive? Is that really a hindrance, or is it a gift?
0: Well, put aside right and wrong and, and a judgment, and you ask, what does it do to you? So how do you respond to that sensitivity? If it, if it takes you out, meaning if it breaks you down, and you're unable to be of service, to so then that doesn't even happen. You don't get to a point of using that to help others because you're unable to withstand that sensitivity of what it does. Right? So the question comes down to how do you ground it? How do you allow the ground to support it rather than crumble? How do you connect with the ground? Physically, first. And sometimes all it means is really standing firmly rooted in the ground, meaning fully rooted in the ground. Actually means feeling the the weight of the body on the ground. That goes a long way.
5: I seem able to do that more often when I'm with kids. And I think it's part of what makes me a good teacher. Mm And then I have random little kids coming up to me at the end of the day, just holding my hand, you know, Mm -hmm. because I think they can feel, that I can feel what they feel. But, you know, with adults, it becomes a whole different story.
0: Cool. (laughs) Well, kids are destructive. Adults are much more destructive than kids.
5: Oh, they can be, yes, definitely. Yeah, because kids can feel it with you and then move on from it with you. And I feel like adults get hunkered down And I, you know, there's a part of me that is very defensive about that, that a lot of people encounter with me. Kids don't encounter that with me, but adults do. Um, I get very defensive because there's that sensitivity, and what do I do with this feeling? And and then there's this whole other person over there Mm -hmm. who's also defensive, and you end up in an argument.
0: Right. So that's where, that's where the work happens. It could be the same statement from a kid and from an adult. It will be a different experience altogether, different uh, right reactivity. Different because attention. Because from a kid, yeah, but even without that, you know, from a kid, we allow kids to say a lot of things and we don't take it that personally because they're kids. Sure. Because we create a label and we slap it on, but it's a kid, so kids talk like that. Sometimes kids, kind of sometimes adults yeah. are kids and they sp- still speak this way. So the question is, well, yeah, so how, do, how am I taking it? Am I grounding that? It's the same advice. If we ground ourselves, then...
5: The sensitivity can't be a hindrance.
0: It doesn't take you out because you're not there.
5: I was thinking too, other people have said, and you have said the need, it's the need, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What is it?
5: Well, you know, I had, for example, I had one, one kid, um, just, just as an example, I had a kid um, who was made fun of, actually, by an adult for his accent. And he was absolutely, I and mean, he's the sweetest little kid, and he, he was absolutely devastated. And I just felt that, you know, I almost cried with him. Actually, tears did come up. I didn't cry, cry, but, you know, and and just being there with him with that pain, you know, he looked right in my eyes, and and I said, you know, tomorrow's going to be a better day. It's going to be okay, you know? And he said, really? And I said, yeah. And he and went home. But if I encountered an adult who presented me with something like that, it would be much harder to deal with for me. Why? Because there there are all these, and this is where the sensitivity, you know, because I can can feel, I can feel a whole bunch of other complicated emotions with that.
0: You know. uh,
5: It's probably me. I know I'm creating this. That's
0: not, that's what I was gonna say. We have to see through we have to see a Buddha before the words are brought up, before the reactivities come to the surface. We have to find a way to see a Buddha. But to see a Buddha you have to look from a Buddha. You cannot if you look from these eyes, we see the conventional. And on that in that realm, of course, there is that. But to see another from a place of sameness, from a place of Buddhahood.
5: My hindrance though, why why is it so much easier with
0: a kid? Because you see kids in a more pure way probably. Because you see their purity because they're not that far from their purity maybe as adults. In terms of action, in terms of uh, behavior often. And again, the, the mess that a kid creates, as messy as it is, is not as messy as adults. Adults
5: have a lot more power.
0: Right. And abuse, use and abuse. Still, the question is, how are you looking at the adult? Or at the world? And are you looking from a place of being grounded and bearing witness to everything? We have in us the capacity to bear witness to everything.
5: And what about what about those feelings that come? What about the emotions that come?
0: What about them?
3: They're very intense.
0: <laughs> yes, they're intense. What well, you doing with that, I can't cry in you front of somebody. That's
5: what I feel like. I feel right. like I can't.
0: If you stand and try to take it, it's going to take you down. If you allow it to go through you, it's a different experience. You don't argue? You don't create anything? You feel it. It's
1: a huge wave.
0: It's a huge wave. Yeah? Okay. Thank you you for your answer. answer. You come together. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to
6: team up on you. <laughs> team. <10. laughs>
2: So I'm sitting here listening deep in hindrance and um, hindrance of uh, sleepiness, extreme sleepiness, and aversion mm-hmm. to that sleepiness. And so somebody was you were dialoguing with, I um, started thinking about, so what is a hindrance? Mm-hmm. So um, I think partly it's something that interrupts the flow and um, causes harm. Mm -hmm.
0: So, sleepiness, what kind of harm does it cause?
2: Well, since I have it so often, Mm -hmm. and I attribute it to insomnia, but maybe there are other causes. Um, Well, I feel depressed, frustrated. that's what i'm adding to the to the sleepiness
0: Mm -hmm. right the commentary or the description how does what is sleepiness then is it the description is it the commentary that you are putting on it or is it something else
2: well there's the physical sensations Mm -hmm. That seem to make it, that seem to dull my mind, yeah. my thinking, my, you know, function of thinking, mm-hmm. and um, um, seems to make it harder to do things that I have to do or want to do.
0: Okay, so what helps you? Just stay with sleeping, that's fine.
2: Okay, we're well, sitting here in the Zazen Kai, Yeah. where we're all on our cushions, yeah. doing Dharma Encounter. I can't do something that might help me. If I were at home, I might get up, take a walk, go outside, um, do some yoga.
0: Uh, you can also do some breathing exercises when you sit. You don't have to move. You can take a deep breath. Hold it, exhale, Yeah. right? You can do things to bring more oxygen to the, to the mind, the brain, right? So there are ways to deal with it.
2: And if it doesn't work, I guess you could accept whatever that means, mm-hmm. that it's happening, and at least at this moment, there's nothing you can do about it.
0: Yes. You do what you can, and you're okay with it
2: but maybe you don't have to have all the other bad feelings.
0: No, you don't. <laughs> I've been saying it for a long time. Yeah, I know you have. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it.
2: Though. Yeah.
0: So, no, you don't. It's actually it's, a, it's an unnecessary baggage that you can put down. And then you can devote your energy to dealing with the sleepiness, right? You don't need that, it's not helping.
2: Oh, probably makes me more sleepy.
0: Yeah, and it takes energy, you know, and when you're sleepy, you wanna you know, watch where the energy goes.
6: Yeah.
2: It's like you said, uh, when I came to Dokusan, Things get bound up together. Mm. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because it becomes another thing, another thing, another thing, and it piles up.
2: And they're not separate anymore. It's just a big. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How do you meet that? How do you meet that? A big thing. <laughs> then you can do that. Meet it with a smile. Great. Meet it with a
4: smile.
0: Okay. All right, move your left court. One more thing. One more thing. That's <laughs> right, on so John's time.
2: So the question, what is a hindrance? Yeah. So what did you think about what I said? Something that interrupts the flow and causes harm.
0: It interrupts the flow, it takes our attention. What is a hindrance, right? So to ask that question is to have an assumption that I am blocked, I am stopped, right? to have an assumption that there's something that that I'm unable to, or it's not available to me right now, because of that. Right. I think what we need to do is examine that assumption. Is it not available, or am I just looking here at that thing, or thinking about that thing?
2: Okay, that's a very big question.
0: Yeah. So you practice that, and you report next week. (laughs) (laughs)
6: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you for your answer.
0: Right, yeah, go on. Go on, you, you may leave. You need to leave. Right? Mm-hmm. You may leave. Uh, Yeah. Should I just the away.
6: Show <clears throat> San um, We speak of today as the day the Buddha became enlightened, um, but we don't seem to talk about Siddhartha becoming enlightened, and I'm wondering if something happened to Siddhartha, like there's no Siddhartha left. Um, So if there's no self, how can there be an experience of becoming enlightened?
0: You're asking who's experiencing, or you're asking about the experience?
6: I think they're connected.
0: Maybe, but let's look at the question. What is the question? Is it about the experience or the person?
6: Um, If there's no self, how can there be an experience of enlightenment?
0: That's relying on the assumption that we need a self to experience.
6: Um, Right, or if we don't, then what's the nature of the experience that doesn't
0: require a self? What does it mean to lose ourselves to an experience? What does it mean to be immersed to a point of not knowing?
6: Um, you, if you lose yourself in an experience, you don't experience the experience as an
0: experience. Right, total absorption. Right, It's called total absorption, right? right? When total absorption is practiced right? or experienced, there's no outside, there's no inside. There's right. no question about the experiencer, right? There's just that. what is the constant fundamental principle? Remember that? And the answer was moving. How is it when moving? You don't see the constant fundamental principle. Right. Yeah. So where, is the, where does the question come from? To ask a question is to step out of the stream. Or we have to step out of the stream in order to ask a question. But there is no question. So we have to go backwards, <laughs> not forward. Go to where before the qu- place where before the question arises, how is it there?
6: So to talk of
0: what was his name there? Was he called the Buddha? What did you know did we call him Shakyamuni, Siddhartha, Gautama or whatever else? We think we should call it. What was his name? What was your name there?
6: Siddhartha seems to experience um, in a different way than the Buddha experiences.
0: Inseparable,
6: though. Um, and so, in talking about the Buddha's experience of enlightenment, seems. Um, Seems to have an inherent judo throw in it.
0: Say more about that.
6: Um, that the expectation that we have of what an experience of enlightenment would be has to somehow be reversed to understand what the experience. It's an experience that's not an experience. It's not an experience of the experience, as we were saying before.
10: Mm-hmm.
0: But our practice is not to emulate anything, right? Our practice is to see that as an example of a devout practitioner, right? And then instead of going there, come back to this and ask, what about this one here? How am I practicing? Because it's inseparable. In our lives, too, it's inseparable. Before, during, after it's inseparable. But also back then and now, inseparable. So what we see happened 2,500 years ago is inseparable from this. Yeah. So we create you know, stuff, put it on the pedestal, whatever. But yeah. none of it really matters in terms of, or well, it matters only when we look at our own experience and our own life and our own practice. Right? So the questions need to come home. What are my experiences? How do I work on deepening? Where do I get caught up? Where am I held back? That's, it has to come, it has to come home, it has to come down to you today, right now. All of it. So what, what do you, what does that leave you with?
6: Well, the question about names is in some sense a question about my name and about my presence and about my experiences and about what that my is that's involved with all of that and uh, to to the degree that any of that could even be discussed.
0: Do you remember the question, what is your transcendent name?
6: Right.
0: What is your transcendent name?
6: Hey, you. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) exactly all
0: right may that go well
6: Uh, thank you for your answer
1: So, at last talk, you told me something for this angle of period and for my life that is very helpful for me when I told you that I'm tired to say the same, to repeat the same. And then you say, but that's what I do, I repeat the same and the same and the same, always, over and over again. And then you told me that some people, that uh, is like this and you repeat the same and the same but one day they will open their eyes and they will be like oh this right so my question here is have you been in my position where you say i'm tired like just for a couple of seconds or just close your mind i'm tired to, to do this and you lose like a little of your faith
0: Of
8: course.
1: So I'm in my path. So what? I'm in the right path. I'm in my way. I'm human. Yes. I'm not crazy.
0: But that makes me human.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes uh, I
1: have my questions.
0: (laughs) Thank you for that.
5: Thank you
1: for your answer.
0: (laughs) I don't wish to be anything else. Thank you.
7: Thank
0: you. Absolutely, Uh, doubts come, right? Doubts are not, there's nothing wrong with doubts, actually. You know, we have to experience the whole spectrum. So doubts are fine. (coughs) Again, the question is, what do we do with it? How do we meet the doubt? You know, and sometimes it's okay, you take a little break, and you do something else, and you come back, and you do it again. You know, so when doubt becomes skepticism, that's a different story. Then that's a hindrance, according to the Buddha's five hindrances, right? The skepticism is a different story. And that's based on a fixed sense of self that knows or thinks it knows. It's okay to feel discouraged. Nobody, Nobody that I know, at least, feels encouraged all the time at the same level goes in and out. You know, I can tell you for decades, decades, Aikido, I've had moments of doubt, of being tired of practice, of feeling that it's stagnant, feeling on a plateau. Right? As not? As if nothing is moving and changing. I'm just doing the same thing and I don't feel that I'm progressing. I feel stuck. You just keep going. You just keep going. And then you find yourself moving forward and then things open up and you expand and your practice changes. The thing is how we meet it. It always comes down to how do we meet our challenges. Right? If we meet them from an open place then it's fine. It's just the way it is right now. Right? And then tomorrow comes and let's see what happens tomorrow. Today, right now, this is how the feeling is. Not creating anything from it is key. Anyone. Anything and anyone, right? There is the feeling, but there's nobody to do anything about it or with it. So you are on the right path.
1: Thank you for
0: your answer. You're welcome. Okay. Unless uh, well last call. (laughs) All right, then there is a take. Good.
3: Go sang um, at a certain point during the Ango, I kind of realized that all of the commitments I had made were actually something of a hindrance to the fact that I had many other sort of commitments that were to other things, other people. So I sort of ended up just going. Well, <laughs> Throw throw those away, and you know focus on taking care of these things. Now that the hung is over, I think did I did I squander an opportunity? <laughs> um, sort of my question.
0: How can I know if you did or did not squander opportunity? You're talking about having a list of things to work on and putting them aside and then focusing on something else?
3: Yeah. How do you know that was not the opportunity? That's what I am thinking, is that was the, that was the lesson.
0: I don't know that. I don't know
3: the answer to that question. You know. <laughs> that was a lesson. <laughs> and that was the lesson. Did you learn the lesson? Yeah. It was hard. What did you learn? Um, not to second guess, to to essentially say there's something there's something bigger, and it would be wrong for me to step aside. Mm-hmm. So that's
0: this is what you found is needed or was needed. It was needed, yeah, right. So you
3: took care of what was needed. Yeah. I guess I can pick up the commitments now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like any then,
0: Ango, you know, we, we pick themes for Ango, and you know that we pick themes for Ango, but it's not that we are concluding anything at the end of Ango. We just conclude a bit of time that we devote to that. But we raise aspects of practice so we can practice better. Yeah, practice with life. Right. We just raise some aspects, but then those aspects are going to be maintained. It's not going anywhere. So it's not we're not done with anything, right? We just remind ourselves to practice this, then this, then that. Yeah. That's all. So did you squander?
3: Um, no. (laughs) I don't believe I did, yeah. (laughs) Thank you. All right, miraco. Can I take your picture? That's with, with
0: your phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So we are going to wrap it up with that. It's uh, you know one of the things about uh, teaching, and I said it before, is and the people that teach know that. Uh, as a teacher, often you learn more than the students. Would you agree? Right. You know, oftentimes you actually uh, you learn a lot just by talking to people, by seeing where we are as human beings, as practitioners, and it's uh, it is such a gift. So I want to thank you for that for being teaching